Hello, everybody. Welcome to World One to One Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie V. Joining me is the Red Nordic Velvet Cake boss man himself, Big Papa, Mr. Larry Giver. Mm, doesn't come any more moist than cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, everybody. I have the gig goes when we just told me and me and Larry were still talking about some things. Um, hopefully our connects can. I will share on our Facebook page the meme that we were just talking about, and you'll see what what's got them all <laughs> laughing, giggly. Because I I was on a roll the other night making stupid memes and shit. So I'll, I'll post it when this post goes up, and you all can look at it and go ah. <laughs> and hopefully, um, our connects again, connects again, Mr. Adrian Nieto will be here soon. He he's trying to. Make it, he's running a little bit late, but hope to have him on the show. Um, we just actually have a random show. This is just a discussion show, just talking about various things. Um, nothing this is really what planned. We don't plan shit. Yeah. Um, I do, I do have a quick indie watch. Um, um, Platonic, they did update everybody about ukulele. Um, they are planning for a quarter one of 2017 for a release for PC and consoles. Um, and Platonic is actually working on the Wii U version while they have another company working on, on everything else. So that's kind of good to hear. I, I'm, I'm glad that they're putting that dedication in it. Um, Bloodstain is going to be having a demo um, for those for those who are who are backers for that game, so that'll be sometime I think sometime next week. Um, and for right now, that's the only indie watch thing that I have. Um, we probably we might touch on No Man's Sky, um, but that also did get delayed to August. Um, so the the controversy surrounding that with him, the creator getting death threats. Uh, we're going, we might talk about that a little bit later because man, a lot of stuff got delayed to 2017 and, um, I'm, I'm not worried, but I'm kind of happy because that actually sets me for the first half of the year, but we're going to get into what we actually been playing. Uh, uh, Larry, what have you been playing? Uh, Larry got his early Father's Day present. He's been without his 360 for uh, about a year at this point with a shelf full of games staring at him going, ha ha, you can't play me, fucker. Um, so I've been going back and I will, you'll probably be hearing from me for months from now playing old Xbox 360 shit and rediscovering all the joy again. Um, I, I started digging into a good handful of Left 4 Dead 2 uh, earlier this week just as, you know, something that I can jump in and out of in a matter of, you know, an hour, play a section or two and be done. And then a couple days ago, I started re-falling in love with fucking Bioshock again. And I know I've talked about my fix for making Bioshock 1 perfect. I did talk about that, right? The the Andrew Ryan scene? Yes. Okay. So that's that's my fix for making the, the game itself perfect. I've got a few niggling issues with it. My biggest one, though, is the map. Holy fuck's sake, the map system is terrible. I'm sorry, years ago, Retro Studios was doing 3D map systems way fucking better with Prime 
you should have just stolen that shit. But beyond that, there there are other very steep comparisons to the to uh, the the Metroid series when you get into Bioshock One and Two that have always struck me that nobody else has ever really made the comparisons. But um, I, I I will say Met uh, Bioshock One is very much like the first Metroid Prime in the fact that it's this big open world thing where you can you know always go back into all the other sections and you know collect all the all the power ups and everything and there's there's parts of that that you can't get to until you come back with you know certain upgrades later oh it was really well done um uh, that being said i think bioshock one and bioshock two are like photo negatives of each other exact opposites because bioshock one the first two acts of the game are great the final act the game kind of fucking falls flat with the ending um, which which was a, a great disappointment to me. But given as much awesome as you got throughout, it's kind of excusable. On the other hand, you get into Bioshock 2, and Bioshock 2 is kind of the equivalent of Metroid Fusion because you get one chunk of you know area to play through at a time, mm-hmm. and it's very linear, and once you're done with that chunk, you can never go back. So you, know, you make damn sure you get everything before you move on, but... The, the other thing that makes uh, Bioshock 2 the, the exact opposite of Bioshock 1 is not only the, the linear to open world aspect, but also in terms of story delivery. Because the first two acts of Bioshock 2, the story delivery is fucking terrible. It just drip feeds you just enough to keep you going. But you get to the final act and fuck me, it's amazing. You know, it, it, it did everything that Bioshock 1 didn't but at the same time it failed where bioshock one succeeded um but that being said that'll probably be coming next week because i'll be playing more of that my wife loves to sit and watch me play and the baby is now enamored with it too actually she loves sitting and watching me kill zombies and you know uh (laughs) shoot up splicers and run through bioshock she gets absolutely fucking fascinated it's really cool um, but anyways, so that's that's part of what's been playing. I've been playing uh, little nibblings of other live arcade games because it's taken me over a week to re-download all my shit from, you know, Xbox Live that I've had downloaded. It's still trying to download the last, like, 15 games of my collection mm-hmm. on live. So the, and I, I sent you a message when I started this, like, a, yeah. you know, what, Monday last week. Yeah. And so... But in any case, I've been playing a little bit of, uh, oh, what the hell was it? Uh, Marble Blast Ultra. You know, way fucking throwback on 360 to, like, launch. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, God, a few other odds and ends. A little bit of Castle Crashers, because you can never go wrong with that yes. shit. Um, but, you know, things like that. Um, so, uh, God, Geometry Wars uh, 2, I'm still pissed, because uh, for all the years that I've had it, I've still been trying to get the one achievement, the uh, the wax off achievement and pacifism, and I can't fucking do it. So it's one of those things that gets under my skin once every, you know, so often, and I try it for a couple hours, and I put it down, and I don't ever think about it again until the next time. So, but in any case, that's that's a lot of what's been on my plate. Um, I'm actually getting to play some things, too, because the 360 is now located upstairs in the bedroom where I'm spending most of my time because the baby's there. I'm realizing that my theater room is probably going to go major, uh, 
mostly unused for probably the next year or two until, you know, things change a little with the baby and she's a little bit older. So I also drugged the Wii U upstairs. I just haven't hooked it up yet. So I will probably be playing more stuff again as we fall into a routine with the baby, which is phenomenal because it's been driving me nuts not playing <laughs> shit. So, uh, but the baby seems to enjoy it. So I can only fathom how much she's going to love staring at Mario Kart 8 when I hook my Wii U up upstairs. So uh, it's lots of bright colors and, you know, fun sounds and motion, and she loves it. Nice, nice. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, for me, uh, I actually got hooked got up with some of my old friends. Um, I call them my brothers. And we played SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 for PlayStation 3. And boy, did we was just like we didn't know the controls, but we was having such a comedic moment because stuff was just weird stuff was happening to the game uh, with our characters, and we just like, what in the world are these controls? Like when we got to the character select, it didn't have no women um, because we was playing on my PlayStation Three, so it was all brand new data, and we was just like, what in the world is this game? So we played that for a couple of hours, and then I let my friends try out um, Army of Two, <clears throat> the, uh, the the Devil's Cart- uh, Cartel, and uh, that became a comedic moment because my friend was talking about grenades. Who needs a grenade? It was just throwing grenades and messing around, and we were just there cracking up. Uh, and Did you the- play the first Army of Two? Uh, I played a little bit of it. Um, I beat two and three, but I didn't beat one. Okay, do, do the other two have, like, the same, because I never got to play them, do the other two have, like, that same sense of humor that the first one did? Because I liked the humor in the first one. Um, The second one did, and uh, a little bit of the third one, because the third one was two new characters. Um, oh. But, uh, they, uh, they kind of had, they had some comedic moments in it. Um, they had some dialogue on it that was just like, oh, wow why did y'all put this in? Like, it was so bad, so terrible. And I'm just like, why, why, why? Um, but, I mean, there there was moments in the game that they would say something that would be funny. Um, the Devil's Cartel, it was good. Uh, two was, I think two was better. Um, I will give the Devil Cartel, like, props, like, as the second one. I tried a little bit of the first game, and I've seen, uh, I've seen all the problems with it. And I was just like, uh... Uh, yeah, this game is very difficult. Um, and because that was an era that um, EA thought they was just still the big stuff, and it was just like I know what y'all trying to do, but no, it it just wasn't working out. That was an era though where EA was actually kind of hitting on all cylinders because they had a bunch of fresh IPs coming out at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the same time that fucking Mirror's Edge and Dead Space were coming out along with, you know, Army of Two. So they actually had a slew of new, new, fresh IPs come out. And for the most part, they're all good. I do want to talk about, because you were talking about the dialogue on on Army of Two. Yes. You know, this is one of the rare cases because you know, I swear like a fucking sailor and I like my profanity. I like it uncensored. Don't mess with it. However, this is a rare case. I remember, distinctly remember, one of the trailers, one of the very first trailers for Army of Two. And, you know, they they had the the profanity in there except it was bleeped out. And suddenly, for some reason, I, I think it just has to do with the delivery and kind of the ridiculousness of it the pure absurdity of the dialogue that game would have been funnier if they had left all the profanity bleeped because in the trailer 
all the bleeped profanity somehow made it more hysterical. And it got less funny when they actually stopped bleeping it in the actual game. Uh-huh. I want a ver- I want a patch for that game where I can bleep the profanity because it made it funnier to me. Well, uh, go yeah. back and find that old trailer and compare it. And I bet you go, you know what? They should have just bleeped all the profanity. It would have been funnier. Kind of like uh, House of the Dead Overkill. Yeah. Which is still a good game. Uh, so we went from that to going back to the uh, original Xbox, and we started playing Halo. Um, oh. I think we did. I, no, we was playing. We went actually went to Halo Two, and uh, we just had a ball for that. Like I didn't leave his house till almost like one thirty in the morning. Like we was cracking. Up. We was having. There was uh, one part where my friend, uh, friend one. He had a, a sniper, and Fred too had a sniper, and so they had actually had got into like hiding places, and I didn't know I wasn't paying attention. I was just trying to run, get a gun so I could shoot him. And what ended up happening? There's a section where there's all these rocks at, and when I got to the rock, uh, I appeared in Fred's one view, and I seen him like, uh oh, let me get back. So I moved uh, back to the rock. But I moved too quick on the other side. Friend two had me in his sight and killed me. And I was just like, "Really, y'all gonna really do it like that?" And they both cracked up. They were just like, "Teamworks make uh, teamworks uh, make the dream work." And I'm just like, "Really, uh, really." The re- the real question is, did you smell what it was cooking? Because you were talking <laughs> about the rock an awful lot there, motherfucker. <laughs> it smelled like Papa John's pizza and Brisk oh, fruit punch. So, and then, I, I, I swear I am the only person that goes back to the original Xbox and doesn't touch X like Halo games. I, I've got like a small stable of old Xbox games that mm-hmm. I default to if I'm going to play old Xbox stuff. And oddly enough, Halo is not on that list for me. Well, I gave up some of my old games. Uh, I, I still got some more, but I'm uh, probably drop off. And then I let them borrow my PS3 for like two weeks because <clears throat> I wouldn't be playing it because of uh, me with my backlog. Um, since now I'm playing uh, Shadow Modar for Xbox One, um, which is a really good game. Um, it takes time to learn. Um, it is very challenging. Uh, Due to the fact that you want, you wish that it was actually Batman: Arkham Asylum for some of the uh, some of the fight mechanics, but it's not. Uh, so you you kind of got to be weary uh, and like and like just not not weary in the sense that uh, it's going to do something to you, like make you want to quit the game, but kind of be aware that um, you really have to counter and you really have to press uh, your dodge button at the right time or you know you can die and then start leveling it up like captains and enemies and stuff um so i've been playing that um i haven't uh, i've been playing Bravely second uh for 3ds um and that's coming along uh good um i how is it it's it's good it's it's not it's not it's not like the first one uh but i mean it, it 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 feels good in this game mechanic. Um, the music and the art style are, is still wonderful. Um, it, it's just going to take a little while because you might not like the voice actor 
for the main character um because they got some weird names in that game but um it's a really good game I, i would say it's a game for the summer like i would give it like four out of five yoshi coins uh, for you, for you, you might give it like a twenty-five dollar uh, rating. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, probably I would rate it lower, but it's it's only on a personal level. Just for this, and it's not to knock it to say because uh-huh. I hear great things about it, and I wish to God I could still get into them. Something happened around ten years ago that I just I can't think. I can't bring myself to sink the time into RPGs anymore, especially turn-based. I don't know what happened, but just somewhere like a switch flip, and it went, you no longer have the attention span for this shit. Have fun. I, I, and I, I, I hate that fact, because I know I miss out on some really cool shit, but I just I look at some of the things that come out, and I go, I would love to check this out, but if I buy this, I'm just not going to play it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, could, sad. I, I could understand. Um, my thing is with RPGs, like, the genre got, the Japanese RPGs uh, went to 3DS and went to Atlas. Um, and kind of went to PlayStation Network um, because they have some real odd Japanese game R, uh, RPGs. I think for a lot of Americans, we have, and I'm sad to say this, we have actually been tarnished by westernized RPGs. And, you know, they think that if we give you more of a uh, cinematic open world kind of style game like Skyrim or or World of Warcraft, you know, you're set for life with your RPGs. And this, and to me, personally, that's not the case. You know, I could deal with what they offer, even with Fallout, like, even with, like, Fallout 3 or Fallout 4. I, I had a big discussion with this with my friends. Be like, can you tell me the story of Fallout 3 and Fallout 4? What is the story and the purpose of this game? Well, there was an apocalypse. Okay, I know that. But what is the game about? Well, it's about you doing this and you don't know. I need to know what the story is. Who's yeah, the attack? It's, it's kind of like, here's a backdrop and now go play. Right. You know, and it's just... and. They could not tell me what the story was to get me interested, and I feel exactly. like where a lot of with a lot of people they just feel like well we're not into the Japanese style of RPGs because we didn't grow up with those kind of games, um, you know we like <clears throat> we like Grand Theft Auto because it has RPG mechanics because it's open world and I could do what I want to do. Uh, we like Minecraft because I could build what I want to build, and it's just like sometimes if you really want to know what an RPG is, you got to kind of go back to the retro games like Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, um, uh, uh, probably some PlayStation 1 games. So, you know, yeah. even... I, I think... Oh, go I ahead. was going to say, I think you, you just hit on something that occurred to me. I think somewhere right around the tail end of PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 era, mm-hmm. the... Uh, there, there was a split that happened where we, we used to have kind of like RPGs were one cohesive genre. Yes. And right about the end of PS2, beginning of PS3, the split occurred where what happened was the Japanese RPGs drifted one direction going super fucking Japanese where we end up, you know, more balls deep in like the, the weird fucking persona shit, which I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's very very japanese culture-ish versus you know 
we then started having others drift very Western RPG with stuff like um, Mass like Effect, you said, Fallout, and uh, yeah, Mass Effect and uh, Elder Scrolls. You know, and so it's like one side went real deep one way, and you know, suddenly we had, and it was it really wasn't there before either. It certainly didn't seem like it, but suddenly the Western RPG started becoming a thing, and it was made by Western companies, right. you know, and it went <clears throat> that way. We lost the middle ground because the middle ground was kind of like the Japanese trying to make what they maybe thought might work as a Western RPG, right. and we got that middle ground, and it doesn't really exist anymore. It just it was this split, and there's a big fucking void in the middle. And I think that's part of where I got lost, too, because, you know, I, I remember playing and loving some of that that middle run stuff. You know, like you said, Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, Legend of Dragoon, you know, all that shit, you know, that was in that middle ground. And it's not there anymore. And I think that's part of what drove me away, too, as well as just my personal taste and my attention span. I, I hate to admit it went out the fucking window, but <laughs> it's, you know, uh, I'll, I'll at least own it. I know that's part of what happened well, to it. Well, because of the popularity of Grand Theft Auto 3, we lost RPGs. RPGs was the running staple for PS1, for Nintendo games. Um, and it, it got, actually, it, to me personally, I see it this way. It got transferred to the DS and the 3DS. So mm-hmm. companies were make, were able to put out tons of RPGs and make more money off of that. Where every every game, if it wasn't a first person shooter, it was an open world game, and <clears throat> and everybody was just like, well, if you was inspired or you love Super Metroid, we got these Metroidvania games that you could download and play, and so we got kind of stuck with those three style of games. I mean, there there were sports games and there's racing games, and that's that's a whole different conversation. But I'm like, when it came to wanting to be a protagonist and do something and get a story where you fight and level and and level up and enjoy the experience, those was kind of only three style of games that you had to choose here in a, here in a Western uh, community of gaming. And it, it to me personally, it became sad because it just felt like this is not going to evolve. This is going to be the same thing over and over. Yes, you're going to code it with different things and a lot of different things, but it's still going to be an open world GTA style game. Why? Because all the reviewers and journalists are saying it's an open world GTA style game. Um, mm-hmm. It's a first person shooter. Why? Because everybody, because Call of Duty is going to get uh, name dropped in this review, in this preview, or Battlefield is going to get name dropped, name dropped in this review or preview. Like, there's going to be so many comparisons of the same style of games that we have come to know. Um, and then, pretty much when when modern console, consoles and indie games became more visible. The Metroidvania games just started appearing out of out of everywhere, like out of nowhere, and on, on almost every platform. It's just like I love Super Metroid. I love people who feel like they are, um, you know, uh, uh, inspired by it. But I'm like, you cannot make the same game over and over and put it on the platform um, 
where you think that it's going to sell because of the Super Metroid-inspired style name. You're not going to sell that way. I'll tell you, there there was one uh, Metroidvania-esque game that came out on the 360 um, a number of years ago, and it, it didn't actually review terribly well, which I think is a shame. I think part of that is the fact that it had the, the stigma of Metroidvania on it. But it it was just far enough away from the normal Metroidvania formula mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed the experience. It's kind of a fresh experience. And if you haven't played it, I recommend uh, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet was phenomenal. I I've loved, heard about I that game. I loved the art style. I did. I liked the mechanics. You know, it wasn't a platformer. It was a little UFO maze thing. And it was great fun. I adored it. And visually, it was beautiful in its own very unique sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I loved it. I will be replaying that here at some point in the near future as I'm going through a back catalog of shit replaying right. old games again. And uh, But you know what? As a matter of fact, I, I just had, because I know we're kind of spitballing this, I want to throw out, because I was just thinking... I want to throw out a segment that, you know, maybe we can pop up occasionally here. I want to talk about the throwback corner. Um, I know you were talking about some of the old Xbox stuff. And I said, yes. you know, this, uh, you know, Halo is not is not the, the games that I would go back to on my old Xbox. So I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple of throwback titles that I, are oh. the ones that I go back to. Before you go. Before you even say anything, we was talking about the world is not enough on N64. That's how far back we was going for multiplayer. <laughs> really, not Goldeneye. Um, no, we couldn't get it to Goldeneye. Uh, I think the world is not enough. Was four was four player multiplayer, and we just felt better playing that game because there was a snow level on there that we would spend hours and hours. Like we was we was trying to best each other on um uh, by how much we could remember. Uh, where we were, where uh, the good kill spots were at, like, and we would just have a ton of fun. We would literally spend a whole night, uh, playing that game, like ten a.m. No, ten p.m. to like three a.m. In, in the morning on a Friday night. Like we, that's how good we were so invested in that game. Nice. So yeah, so for throwback corner, uh, the the couple that I want to touch on back on the original Xbox. These are like my three or four go-tos. Um, I will always go back and I will love and adore and play Phantom Dust. Um, and I, I, God damn it, Microsoft, you teased me a couple years ago. Then you fucking shit-canned it. You were talking about bringing Phantom Dust back. I was all excited. Um, for those that have not played it or are not familiar, um, this was a little budget game that came out on the original Xbox. It released at a $20 price point, mm-hmm. and comparatively at the time, it really did have some AAA production value. Maybe like the low end of AAA, but it really did look good. But what was cool as shit is here was a game that at its core was built like a card game, but it played like an action game. So you would actually, uh, you know, in the hub world, you would go around and talk to people, and there was this place where you would build and fine-tune your decks. And then there were like five or six, maybe by the end, eight arenas that you would go out and play these four-player, up to four-player matches in. Um, you know, you or you and a teammate versus the enemies on the field. Yeah. And um, 
at, at your spawn point, there were like three little orbs that would pop up, and those were the cards in your deck popping up, and you could assign one to like each face button on your on your Xbox controller, so A, B, X, Y. So you had a four card hand, and uh, you know you had all different kinds that did all different stuff, but it played like an action game, and in respect that it was not turn based. It was actually these really well done arenas that actually were very destructible. One of my favorites is there's this old abandoned mall, and it's you know got the big courtyard, and there's a second floor you know with a walkway around it, yes. and then there's a walkway across the middle, and you can actually shoot out the walkway across the middle as somebody's going under it and drop it on their head and deal damage to them. Like it had these awesome interactive destructible environments back on the original Xbox, and it was really good, and it was even so much better online. And there, there was a friend of mine and I, we used to play online, and uh, we had our decks built specifically for team play. Um, uh-huh. He had his deck stacked with cards that um, we, you couldn't actually use them. They were reactionary. So if you had a card on your A button, for example, and somebody hit you with an attack that was assigned to their A button, uh-huh. it would freeze his A button for the rest of the match. Oh, He'd wow. He'd stack his whole deck like that, and he would be a little asshole and run around and taunt the other two players in the match, you know, screaming at him, cock-juggling thunder cunts, and get them to all <laughs> hit him and freeze up all their fucking face buttons for the rest of the game so they couldn't do anything. And I'd just come in behind and clean up the mess because they couldn't do anything after. Wow. We got very, very well ranked on the leaderboards uh, by the time we hit number one on the worldwide leaderboards for Xbox Live for Phantom Dust. I was very proud of that achievement. But that's uh, that's one. The other, A uh, couple of the others. Um, Which, at honey- that- before you go, oh, no, no. Um, go, go, go. there was a game on GameCube when it first came out that did almost that same thing. It was a it was a role playing game, and I think it got a sequel. And I have to look it up. And now, uh, you hopefully, Kaidos? not Baden Kaidos, no. Uh, even though I still want to play that, I've never got a chance to play Baden Kaidos, and I want to. Um, okay. Uh, so Nintendo or NX, you better have GameCube games for downloadable for eShop. <laughs> I'm pointing at you. Yeah, we don't know a damn thing about that until at least next year. Right. Jesus but Christ. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that. There was uh yeah, there was a role play game that did something almost like that that was card based. Um but it was like an action adventure role playing game. Like you fought you fought enemies with cards. Um but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's right. Um the the second one on the original Xbox that I will uh, I will always jump back to was uh, Advent Rising. Um, uh, unfortunately a very troubled development and it probably could have come out much better with about six months more of polish but um, what did come out if you take it for what it is Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Um, you had a a very well told story written by Orson Scott Card which I know is very divisive but uh, for what it's worth and actually I'm reading through one of his old books at the moment I know he's kind of loathed as a uh, um Oh, damn it. Bigot's not the right word. Uh, doesn't like gay people. Very Homophobic. Christian family. Value. Yeah, go with that. I, sorry, the word escaped me. But I, as someone who's been reading his writings since I was uh, a middle schooler, you know, he may have his personal opinions on that. I've read a fuck ton of his writing, and it's not something that actually seeps into his writing. It's just his personal opinion that he deals with outside of that. So take it for what it is. Did he um, do... 
Did he do Shadow he Complex? Wrote the story. Yes. He wrote oh. the, uh, the dialogue that went with Shadow Complex. There are a couple of novels, actually, that go along with Shadow Complex as well. They're, they can be found in Barnes & Noble. Well worth a read. Um, but in any case, yeah. So Advent Rising, this this fantastic story. Um, and actually, there, there was a really nice nod to uh, one of his most famous series, The Ender Quartet, mm-hmm. in there as well for anyone that's read it. And I won't spoil it, but go out and play it. You can find it in your used mom and pop shop for probably like $3. And it's backwards compatible on the 360. So go out and play it. But it's really cool. It's kind of like uh, The Force Unleashed before The Force Unleashed happened uh-huh. because you got these awesome fucking powers that you could use. And what was really neat is they had an, uh, a very competent leveling system where you never actually saw the, the leveling. It's just the more you used it, the more powerful these powers got. Yeah. And, you know, and it was a dual wield setup, too. So, you know, you could, you know, one power here and one power here or a power and a gun and whichever way you wanted to juggle it. And it was really fun. I mean, it, it had some glitchy issues and it was originally slated to be a trilogy where, the choices and decisions that you made in the first game were going to transfer over in your save file to the next, which, you know, they ended up doing with, like, Mass Effect stuff. But really, Advent Rising kind of set the table for that that line of thinking, you know, well before shit like Mass Effect came along. And I really enjoyed it. It's, it's not super long. It's actually really fun. It's kind of glitchy and a little rough around the edges, but... You know, go find a copy for $3 and play it and say that you fucking played it because it was cool. Because um, wasn't that the game that was supposed to be having a contest? There was, as a matter of fact. And um, due to some issues, the, the contest fell through. But anybody that actually got in um, did get a, a free game of your choice from uh, Majesco. Uh, okay. When they were still actually publishing cool shit instead of just like cooking mama and cell phone shit. What you what you know about Cookie Mama was actually safe, Majesco, because uh, a lot of their uh, like um, Psychonauts didn't sell well. Um, the the Avid game didn't sell actually, well. I think Advent Rising was Ad- the last one that kind of broke them from getting into big budget stuff. Yeah, but which is a shame because, like I said, I liked it. I understand why it didn't do well. Part of why it didn't do well is the fact, like I said, it could have used another six months of polish to to fix up some of the glitchy issues. But the other thing, too, is it came out, you know, in in the middle of summer and the drought when, you know, nobody's looking or expecting a, a new game to, to hit. Right. You know, you, you know, you work in video game retail. Go back about 10 years. Summer has, you know, was always known as the drought months because nothing ever fucking came out. They were all waiting for fall and shit, and um, it just it came out and nobody noticed, and it was a shame because it, it really could have done good things. You know, there there was a future in it that just never got recognized, which is criminal. But um, the the last one I want to touch on for our throwback corner for for the old Xbox. For me personally, is um, and I just blanked. There it is again. Uh, Oddworld, Stranger's Wrath. Yes, yes. Wrath. Oh my God, I cannot wait until Lorne Lanning gets back around to doing Stranger's Wrath because he's apparently revisiting all the fucking Oddworld shit, and this makes me so giddy and happy. Because he's Stranger- developing a new one, isn't he? He's working on a new one. He's working on the the new and tasty version of Exodus, 
is what's working at the moment. That's what I've been reading. That's what's going on uh, as I know it right now. I, I remember um, uh, our world was supposed to be a five-part series. Uh, yes. And I think all of, I think that got changed because I think all five, there was supposed to be five games with different characters, but I think somehow the story the story was supposed to connect. Yeah, it, it, well, it connected sort of, uh, namely through the fact that the Oddworld game all took place on Oddworld. That yes. was the connect, was that world, that planet that he made up in his brilliant fucking mind, and I love it, and I want to kiss his brain, <laughs> gray rings and all. But in any case, Oddworld, I... Stranger's Wrath, a, a unique departure from the, the previous Oddworld games, you know, Oddworld, uh, Abe's Odyssey, and Abe's Exodus, um, which Odyssey was actually the only one that was really a uh, one of the numbered games, if you will, mm-hmm. of the uh, quintology that he had planned. Everything else was kind of an offshoot. Um, but in any case, uh, no, I take that back. I think Munch was the second. But um, Stranger's Wrath was a third-person shooter that had the coolest fucking concept for ammo was called live ammo because they were living little critters and they were cool as shit. And you had a double barreled crossbow. I loved it. It it played so well and it had a great story. It fit with the thematic, uh, you know, concept that Lauren always stuck to with the odd world. You know, a a lot of, you know, down with big corporate and all this and, you know, very get in touch with nature kind of thing. But can I make you happy? make me happy. I still have to copy physical disc and everything. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, you, you saw the little critters loaded in your yes. double barrel crossbow, and they would sit there and kind of like jitter and talk and, you know, gibberish, and it, it was awesome, and they did great things. They were There was a unique variety of, you know, options, not in weapons, but in ammo and what it did, and it was really cool. And it was beautiful as shit, and God damn it, it needs to get a digital re-release on Xbox somewhere, but there were problems with that due to restrictions on uh, the fact that it didn't sell all that great on the original Xbox when it came out, and so there was the the digital re-release on the PlayStation side, but it never uh, saw light again on the Xbox side, which is really kind of a fucking shame, considering there were so many of the Xbox originals that you know were released on 360 for digital download, like Beyond Good and Evil, yes. which I think is one of the last ones to download on my queue. But in any case, um, those you know those are some of my go-to staples for the original Xbox. You know, not not Halo, and uh, that's. There, there it is, you know, my, my odd taste in games. Um, so, can why you did Xbox, cannot, uh, cannot add to this throwback corner. Um, I I owned the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, Xbox, and the GameCube with, around that era. And one of my throwbacks is mostly on the GameCube. So, Tales of Symphonia was my automatic throwback for role-playing games. I enjoyed the music, the, the artwork. It it kind of got the Tales series back to... Actually, it actually, I feel like, personally for me, it actually got the Tales series actually noticed more here in America because Tales of Symphonia is a beautiful game. It's available for PlayStation 3 if, um, if you haven't tried it. Um, great game. Um, 
Beautiful Joe one and two was my go to for uh for GameCube. Uh, of course, The Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker, uh, uh, Metroid Prime. It's just like I do, I I don't want to let that game go. Like I when I put and it in, shouldn't. I put that game on and hugged it, and I was just like, <laughs> I want this so bad. Like literally, want it so bad. Um, an, another one was uh, Eternal Darkness, of course. Um, that uh, gave me I was my playing spooks. that a couple months ago. Yes, and I have still not have not beaten that game, and I need to. I really do need to. I'm in the same boat as you, actually. Um, and, and while we're at a, a moment here, check your chat box. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. I, I, I know everybody loves Mario Kart 8. It loves just the Mario Kart series. Double Dash is my best. It, it will always be my best because there's nothing like switching two players out. The drifting is easy. Popping folks with the red shell in Mario Kart 8, I mean Mario Kart Double Dash, was the best. And it's still, like, it just controls so well with the GameCube controller. Uh, I, I couldn't I just, get into Double Dash. Uh, I just, that, that, was my, that was my ugly duckling of the series, actually, was Double Dash. Uh, okay. Well, then we're going to take a break at this moment, so we will be right back. Hang tight. I got to run upstairs for just a second and tend to something. I'll be right back. All right. So, everybody, why we take a quick break? Um, just want to let you guys know that um, we haven't did the Super Smash Brothers episode yet. Um, that will be coming soon. Um, we're just waiting to get more time to you listeners and to Adrian and to Larry. Um, and the question is, is that uh, you're able to work with Nintendo to make a Smash Brother arcade game. And you have 36 characters uh, to put into the game. Unfortunately, uh, four of those characters have to be Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, or Toadstool, whatever you prefer, and Bowser or King Cooper, whatever you prefer for that. So those four are already there. And you can pick from any video game. It could be on a different platform, um, like PlayStation, Sony, uh, not Sony, uh, Sony, <laughs> Microsoft, or uh, PC. Um, you can pick any character you want. They gave you free reign, and all the up and other companies were cool to work with it to be in a big game like that. So you have 32 characters to pick from. So you have actually eight titles. Now this is the thing: if you pick a title, you have to pick four characters from that title. So um, if you pick Mega Man, you probably will pick Mega Man, Cut Man, Electric Man, and maybe Dr. Wily. But it has to be four characters from that particular game. It could be from that universe also if you want to. Um, so when you guys uh, get that, you can email the show at my um, not world one one podcast at gmail.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-1-1 podcast at gmail.com. What are you talking to? I'm talking to myself and our listeners. Okay. <laughs> so we <laughs> uh, we are back. Um, so uh, you you rehit the record button, right? Yes, we're good. To okay, go. we're, so, we're not talking nothing, right? <laughs> it's not going to be half a show that just we we talked and it didn't record, and we're just going to look stupid. <laughs> 
Well, it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, so, uh, actually, getting back to uh, the throwback corner. Before we move on to our uh, last part of the show, um, which will probably uh, probably be about the delays of the future games coming up, and probably rant a little bit more. Um, my last game for the GameCube will always be Super Mario Sunshine. It's something great about the music the graphics are still amazing i love the color i love the challenge the water in that game um i i want to say um the legend of zelda uh twilight princess also uh but it was better on it's, it's really better on wii u i do recommend playing that game on wii u um it was good See, that on was game- my preference too yeah, it was good on GameCube and it was good on Wii because I own both versions. But it's it's better on uh, Wii U. S- same as The Legend of Zelda uh, Wind Waker HD. It's gorgeous, very gorgeous game. Uh, for PlayStation 2, real quick, I, I just got to nominate um, uh, Okami. Just... Ah, uh, uh, yes! I, I have to nominate Okami for, one. I think, one of the best games on the PlayStation to platform it is it, it surpasses everything that i i expected um you know well, of course, was the zelda game that did zelda better than zelda <laughs> well that's until wind waker came out and then uh <laughs> no no okami was post wind waker i don't think wind waker came first did it it did okami was late ps2 Wind Waker oh. was early cube. Um, but no, I, I honestly, I think that Okami was the better Zelda game. A- instead of trying to move f- uh, forward and change Zelda, it took a, a, a lateral sidestep mm-hmm. and just went way deeper. And it told, you know, it, it took the, the Zelda foundation essentially of you know gaining powers and dungeons and all that and it it actually for the first time in zelda you know history it went here you go here's a zelda game but with an actual new story and it told a great story at that yes the story was amazing i I think the 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 two things that Okami and Wind Waker did so well was they used what the art style that they choose like you no one did it better like you don't even see okami's art style in any other oh, game that, uh, that very uh, painterly rice paper you yeah think, oh i when i seen the trailer my mouth was on the floor i literally went uh to gamestop when they said that the game was available for pre-order i was maybe the first and only person in my area to do to do that like i had to have that game because of course I love Japanese uh, uh, um, like culture. I, I love stuff like that. But there was just something different about Okami like freezing the screen and drawing a painting and hearing how, how it, it reminds me the music reminds me of Legend of the Mystical Ninja for the Super Nintendo. Okay. And it, and not only was the, the remind me of that like the game was whimsical was funny. I love the fact that they used the twelve animals. Uh, oh, the humor was adorable. Oh yes, you know, um, and it's it's an all around amazing game. It's available for PlayStation Three. Um, I have it. It looks 
if you thought it looked beautiful on PlayStation, it's also out on the Wii as well. Yes, it's also on the Wii. Also, yes. Which, if um, you want to, if you want to giggle, go find a hard copy on the Wii with the uh, case and the actual insert. <laughs> if you find the original case, you will find that apparently uh, Capcom cannot be fucked to use their own artwork, and they actually jacked their case artwork from IGN IG. because you can see the IGN watermark. <laughs> On the art, on the case artwork of the Wii version, and that shit will forever make me laugh. Oh, that that. There was another game that came out recently. Oh, um, Dead Rising. No, not Dead Rising. <laughs> um, Dead Island, the HD yep. one, the remaster. They were putting quotes on the box that no one didn't even say. And people were just like, where did they get these quotes from? Didn't nobody say this about the game? And I cracked up. I'm like, are you serious? Like, I didn't even pay attention to that. I was like, oh, my goodness. They put quotes on on their own game that no one ever said. I'm like, wow. Like, there would be a quote, but no one, like, like, be like, this game is fantastic. Definitely HD. Dash GameSpot. It would be like, that's for example. They didn't even have that. I'm just like, oh my goodness. So wow. yeah. Um, so real, real quick before we before we jump out of this, I, I want to use this and I want to step back about two steps and link to something you said real quick. Um, I, and I will post pictures on the Facebook page so you guys can check this shit out. And I, I will, um, I will stick a link in the comments or I'll send it to you actually to put when you post yes. this week's episode on Friday. But, uh, I know you were talking about Metroid prime on the GameCube. So today, very, very excited. I was telling Eddie <laughs> earlier, um, my, uh, my, my chairs from, uh, fandom furniture, uh, came in and I gave them and let, let me tell you a little bit about these guys. They're dear friends of mine. They're very fucking cool. Um, they will take your, your old furniture and, that you give them and say, I want, you know, to take this old table and I want to make it a, a Pokemon table or a, a Mario table or whatever the fuck you want to do or Harry Potter or whatever the hell is your thing. Um, so I have these three chairs from a dining room set that's, you know, the three chairs are all I have left of the set at this point. And I thought, the fuck am I going to do with three chairs? And it hit me. I asked him, I said, so can you take these three chairs? I want each chair to be one of the planets from Metroid Prime 3. And, oh, my God, they came. They were delivered today. They were brought to me. They were fucking amazing. Oh, One chair yes. is all themed out in Rio. And, uh, like you said, I'll post pictures. But I, I, right now I want to talk about them for a minute. Um, the, the seat on the Brio chair has, like, the cliff face in the golem from the the landing site, you know, hanging out of the cliff face, and on the back slats of the chair, they used it to represent like the uh, the fuel gel, that orangey molten kind of craggy thing going on, which was the other half of Rio. And then um, the Skytown chair, the Alicia chair, on the seat, you know, they did like the big spiral kind of pattern from the landing site from when you first hit uh, touchdown ground on uh, Skytown. On the back slats, you can see the floating pods and the zip lines connecting them and shit. And it's really cool, beautifully done, you know, gray sky in the background. But, oh, my God, the one that apparently took the longest. I was talking to her today because she brought them to me. Um, they're, like I said, they're friends. They live close, but, you know, they're, they're looking to branch. So I will, again, I will make sure that there's a link posted on this post. Um, but the Pirate Homeworld, oh, my God, it's so pretty. Oh, it's, it's, yes. 
that burnt orange sky, but oh my god, like the acid rain orange like highlights, you know, in there just have this great pop, and you know, you can see like this big swath of Phazon, you know, on the seat, and then on the back slats, you can see like one of the outdoor uh, scenes where there was the acid rain coming down, and you can see like the the neon orange pipes that you could morph all through, and the door in the background, and oh my god, it's so fucking pretty. These guys are amazing. Check them out. Uh, Fandom Furniture, uh, facebook.com slash Fandom Furniture. Um, get a hold of them. They are wonderful, wonderful people. They do such cool shit. I will post pictures, um, and I will have to take better pictures to post other than the ones that I just sent you. But you guys need to check this shit out. And like I said, you know, uh, if, if you're looking for something really unique and cool as shit, you need to get in touch with these guys. I, I'm sorry. I... I this is uh, no. the odd advertisement that I will throw out. But the work they do is very cool. Like I yes. said, it's just uh, you know, uh, a couple um, together that do this for you know for fun and for some, some side cash. But they do it because they love it, and they do such cool shit. Um, beautiful, beautiful finished product. I can't say enough awesome things about the chairs that I'm staring at in my theater room because it's so pretty. It gives me a throbbing erection and it makes me happy. I, I, <laughs> I swear the detail, the details on this chair, when you look at the picture, is drop dead gorgeous, so spot on. You would be like, how did you, how did you get this on the chair? Like even the legs, even the legs, even the, the, uh, yes. The, the uh, the purple and blue and gray and orange from her suit from corruption to to tie them thematically together. It it so. looks phenomenal, fantastic. So. Yes, but yes. I, I will post pictures and I will make Eddie post a link to their Facebook page so you can check them out. Um, but yeah, fandom furniture. I I don't normally throw out you know endorsements or advertisements. Um, you know, in the whole, what, 10 episodes that we've recorded. But, you know, um, that that being said, I, I I promised them for the amazing work they did, I would give them a shout out. Um, but, yeah, if, if you want something unique and cool, you need to check it out. Speaking of shout outs, by the way, shout out to the really cool dude that I met at uh, Haniori a couple weeks ago, uh, the night before we went to the movies. So I know he, he uh, jumped onto the Facebook page. So if you're listening to this, shout out to you. We I, I had a great time chatting with you at dinner. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So our last part, um, we're going to be talking it's not about be the last part because we've got one other that I want to bring up with you. We talked about this. Oh, and I'm going to talk about. It. Here's the pitch. We're, we're, yeah, it's right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> of course, we're going to end with that. Just me. I have I wrote a little notes and it feels like here's the pitch. So we will get to hear the fish, and that's going to be the last section after this last discussion part. Um, this is not bad for spitballing this shit. <laughs> well, that is true. Um, and, and like I say, it's a random show. This is this would actually be if we was I think going we need to do this more. If this we is was working for us, <laughs> if we was actually going through like the Mario level layout, because eight four would be the like the last thirty two. That would be a that would be a game. This would be world three two. So uh uh but we're we're gonna talk about this last discussion then we're gonna do here's the pitch on another new segment. Um of course E three is uh 
is next week. Um, there's been a lot of reveals, a lot of leaks and stuff coming out. Um, I'm so giddy that Final Fantasy 12 is coming out. It's getting the HD remaster that everybody wanted, but it's coming to 2017 and Japan at the moment. It's not coming here just yet, but we'll probably get it later. Um, I say it'll get here. There's no way it fucking doesn't. It will come. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 has kind of been rumored for uh, November, and it's a possibility that it will be on NX. Um, we don't know yet. So, but part of me is very surprised to hear that. Actually, yeah, uh, I, 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 it's not that I'm sad to hear that. I'm just fucking surprised. Yeah, I am too. So, that, I mean, it, like I said, it's a rumor because uh, they said a will, a will do, a will they or will not DLC exclusives for NX version. We shall see if it comes out for NX. We don't know yet. Um, uh, we won't know until next year. Yeah. Uh, the controversy following uh, No Man's Sky uh, because it got delayed until August. They want to spend more time polishing the game, which I feel like is fine. It's only two months. Uh, but the creator got. I'm not calling it controversy anymore. I'm calling that part for the course of No Man's Sky, but it looks pretty enough that I don't care at this point. Right. And, I mean, the man got death threats from people because he delayed the game. And I'm just like. He's, they're trying to make the game better. Like we we did, we flipped out and got mad because Zelda U was coming out next year. Um, but we didn't. There was no death threats or anything for that. Um, Persona. You know 5, what? This this oh. is the childish fucking behavior that resulted in the Phil Fish phenomenon. I, I'm dead serious. Yeah. For fuck's sake, do not take another person that's making something that we like and make them hate everyone. Because that's what you people did. Maybe not the people listening here. All again, all three of you, and we love you, people. Please keep listening, and you know, maybe tell another three people, and maybe <laughs> we'll have nine people next week. But in any case, this is exactly what the fuck happened to Phil Fish that he quit. And you sons of bitches that did this, you are the fucking reason that I don't have Fez too, and I hate you. Do not do this to another person that's making something that I want and I want to like, because that's exactly what's going to happen. So for God's sake, stop being childish. Grow up. He delayed a game for a couple months because he wants to make something pretty for you. Don't be pissy babies. That's my tirade. I'm done. <laughs> um, and I, I'm I'm fine that with him delaying the game because I'm just like, oh, well, good. You know that to me personally, that gives me more time to play Tokyo Mirage Session, Mighty Number no. Nine. Um, Kirby, uh, you know, maybe I'll finally pick up Doom. Like, it, it gives me time to pick up other games to play because there's not much in August that I'm looking forward to. Um, so No Man's Sky being a big game in August, that's that that's great because that means not, uh, you know, it's almost the end of summer, kids are about to go to school. Why not have a big game to be like, before I go to school, let me get into a game that, um, uh, I could spend more time and dedicate uh, playing. And, you know, I'll have the whole month with this game to myself, and then, bam, I could go to school uh, for it, if you're a kid. Um, so I think, you know, August is a good thing. Um, Red uh, Horizon Red Dawn is coming out in February of 2017. Of course, Zelda U, uh, Persona 5. Just like the first three, those three games along for the first half of 2017 makes me so happy to be a gamer. 
like I, I'm kind, I'm kind of complete. Of course, we got the NX coming out um, in March also. Even though it's been rumored that it's been delayed to add VR, I highly doubt that, but we shall see. Um, I, uh, think, I think we'll see NX in the at least the first half of 2017, yeah. maybe the first fiscal half of 2017. But at this point, I, I really don't think they're... I think they've got a game plan that involves releasing it outside of the the back half of the year and certainly outside of the holiday window. I think what they want is for their system to come out and get a little time to, you know, kind of settle in, you know, get that big boom of the, the first week or two sales right. and let it settle and slowly build a, a little bit of a library you know, over the next few months instead of what normally happens when you launch a system in the middle of fucking holiday and you get that burst of, you know, launch games in the first three, four weeks. And then after that, there's like nothing worth fucking playing for four months. I think they want to get that four month window out of the way so that there's now suddenly a slew of really cool shit hitting right at holiday so right. that everyone that already has it suddenly is having things to play again and those that have not are looking at it going okay here's the launch games these are the two or three that were really good out of there i've got something to start with and then now there's this new shit that's coming out all at the same time to get really fucking excited about for black friday and beyond I, I can see that making a lot of sense. Yeah. So. I, I know that PlayStation VR now, because of, of those big games being moved to 2017, has a lot to prove. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that this is a big advantage for Sony with uh, PlayStation 4.5 of that be released also with the PlayStation v, VR. Um, also with Xbox being released with their, uh, with their, uh, a, um, slim version of their system or like remastered or whatever you want to call it. Um, like it, it's good for those businesses to actually get some, you know, get some uh, sales going because if PlayStation VR does not sell, but the other systems do, that's going to be a problem because we really now, we now really don't have anything to look forward to this holiday season besides final fantasy 15 besides call of duty besides battlefield if that comes out besides some sports games uh besides mario paper mario color splash um besides some 3ds games just like what is going to be the game for the holiday season to get and if playstation vr is not hitting its stride if their games are just like Okay, we're charging you forty or fifty dollars for a three to five hour experience. That's going to be a major problem. It'll be a major problem if it if it isn't worth the the forty or fifty dollars. Like I said, you know, value of a game is a a very subjective thing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll throw back to years ago when Left 4 Dead came out, and you know, people bitched. It's like I paid sixty dollars for this. You know, and there's only like five stages, but it's like. Yeah, but these things are, like, infinitely fucking replayable. You were playing this shit for months upon months upon months after release. Right. You're telling me you didn't get your fucking $60 worth out of it? I'm pretty sure you fucking did. Otherwise, you'd have put it down a week after it came out. 
then you'd have a right to bitch. And then you went out and bought part two. It was hoping that part yeah. three would come out. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, uh, the, the sad realization I had last time we recorded, we will never see Left 4 Dead 3 or Portal 3 or you know Half-Life 3 because Valve can't fucking count to three. Val, Val is a whole different thing. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like with this E3, they, they're going to have to prove what's coming for the holiday season. Um, just for for me personally, for Microsoft and for Sony, Nintendo really doesn't have to do much because I feel like their E3 was in February when they had the Nintendo Direct. That yeah, what they showed we, me. We did find out that Nintendo is going to be doing some other things because right. you know here we thought it was just going to be this fucking vast wasteland of nothing but Zelda and, you know, one of a couple things happening because they said that the only thing playable that we're going to bring to E3 this year is the new Zelda, and it's not even fucking coming out this year. We did find out that uh, they just released news that, you know, while Zelda will still be the only playable thing, it's not going to be the only thing that they're showing. Yes. They did uh, They did reveal that they're going to be talking about, uh, you know, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp Effie, whatever the hell it's called because that title is ridiculous and it needs to be shortened. Oh, you said it right. Um, I know, but it's still a mouthful, and I shouldn't have to <laughs> take that long to say that the title of a goddamn game. But, um, you know, also uh, going to be looking at a little bit of uh, Pokemon, what is it, Sun and Moon now, yeah. whatever the fuck the new ones is, yeah. Sun and Moon. Um, is, is that coming out this year, or is that 2007? Yeah, that's November. Yeah, there you go. There's there's a good big boom for Nintendo. It'd be yeah. nice if they had a nice swan song for the Wii U, you know, for the holiday as well, but that's not going to fucking happen. I'm a little surprised that given um, the fact that it's going to be coming in August and E3 is just next week, and I've not seen them do much of anything to promote it, even though it's had uh, some issues in terms of reception. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I'm surprised they're not talking about uh, Federation Force or not showing it even, let alone letting it be playable because this is something that got a very, very rough reception. Right. And they're trying very hard to say, no, 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 no. Please don't judge until you see the finished product. And we've got to be on top of the finished product by now. This is coming out in two fucking months. And it's like you're not going to show it. You know, normally their advertising window is about – two to three months before a game comes out right. you know they don't really do much of anything until then and then they blast all the advertising we're in that window now they're not talking about it and it's very curious that's a very strange thing you know again i've kind of resigned myself to the fact that i think they just do metroid because they feel obligated to at some point on occasion but you know not that they actually want to or that they even want it to succeed so fuck you nintendo but, you know, I'd be happy, prove me wrong. But in any case, um, it's – I'm shocked that that's not getting more play or you push. I, I think it's fine because when they showed the Direct in February and we got to talk about it, I think we all just stopped talking about it, stopped having worries about it. Um, people – I know there's still some people who already made up their mind um, about it. Uh, I haven't made up my mind, but I still have concerns that need to be allayed here, and uh, now is the time to start fucking doing it. Uh, well, I just, I, I know for me, I just feel like, you know, you guys work on it. If you didn't need to delay it, go ahead and delay delay it. Um, just do what you they need to do did. to get it right, because, you know, it's one of those games that we need to release this to prove everybody to show 
what we were going for with this game. Like, I'm already sold. I told them that I was just like, it's a Metroid-style game. Um, it looks cool. It's on the 3DS. I could carry it on the go. So, you know, it's something I'm definitely going to get because I want to play it. And, I, and I'd rather play it for myself and make my own judgment whether I like it or not than have, than have people complaining about it. You know, I, I don't want to complain, and I'm not going to complain. I've, I'm in 100% so full support that I'm going to pick it up and buy it. Like, I would play that more over than playing Horizon Red Dawn. Like, if the, both games came out, I would get both, but I would probably play uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force first before I play Red Dawn. I mean, yeah, Horizon. Um, and that's not a diss to Sony and that game, uh, but I seen that trailer. When I seen that first trailer, for Horizon Red Dawn, I was just like, uh, why? Why are you guys doing this? This intro doesn't make sense to reflect on what's going on with the game is about. I'm like, they could have cut like the that first part off it. But with Metro Feder- Metro Prime Federation Force, I'm like, oh, this kind of looks cool. I'm kind of inter- interested in that. Mm, let me play this. Let me see what's up. Speaking of related content thing, um, just out this not this week, uh, last week, um, on Virtual Console on the Wii U, uh, because they're doing DS games. Metroid Prime Hunters uh, just released on Virtual Console for a whopping 10 bucks, And I will grant you, the single player is not spectacular. Um, there, there, there's some nifty things there that are worth getting into. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I think that game was one of the biggest proponents for the the most uh, forgotten accessory for the original DS, which was the thumb stylus, I thought was fucking brilliant. Um, but I, I'm not going to get into that. Right. But um, the uh, unfortunately, with the way that they're doing DS games on the Wii U, um, the online multiplayer component is no longer there, um, which, you know, that was a, a really big thing for Hunters. Um, and it, it was really enjoyable. However, and I can't vouch for it yet because i've had my wii u unhooked for a couple weeks but i'm gonna hook it up and download it and i'm gonna check it out but as i recall um there was a a practice mode of sorts in hunters where you could go and play the multiplayer you know game but just with bots of varying degrees of difficulty Mm -hmm. and it, it was still actually fun to go in and play um, you know, even in that manner, because the the multiplayer was pretty sharp, even if you were just playing against the computer at the time. Um, there was some really neat shit in there. There was a great variety of characters with a, a neat assortment of powers. Um, I, I think I, if I try really hard, I think I can actually still name the six hunters off the top of my head from so fucking long ago. Um, there was Trace and Silex and Weevil and Spire. Um, Nah, fuck, I'm missing two. But you know what? Four out of six from how many years ago is not bad. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll be revisiting that actually probably in the next week or two just to see, you know, just it'd be nice to kind of pop it up on a big screen for one, which is nifty. And um, no, it's it's worth revisiting. It's a whole $10, you know, check it out. Um, at the time, it was at least visually kind of cutting edge, and it always made me wonder why we never saw more, um, maybe even like a scaled-down port of sorts. It made me think there was hope to see some kind of scaled-down, you know, port of Metroid Prime on the on the DS. And now, with everything that they're porting onto the 3DS, yes. oh my god, it's GameCube. 
why can I not have Metroid Prime on my 3DS to stuff in my pocket? Because, oh my god, it would be awesome as shit. We can port full Wii U games to the 3DS. I can have a Metroid Prime game on 3DS, damn it. Even if it's a new 3DS-only exclusive, I'll take it. You know, I will buy your fucking upgrade for that. Actually, I'm going to buy it anyways because you guys have Super Nintendo games. God damn it. But... I, I just... I just want my Super Mario Sunshine Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that too. You know, but there, there, there are things that we could be having on the, uh, on the new 3DS, and it's not there yet. And I'm always surprised at this. You know, that's the other thing too. Again, I'm where we're getting the the 64 all over again. We're going a full console generation without seeing a Metroid game on the console. You know, Federation Force is the closest that we're going to get to any Metroid any Metroid game. One one side or the other, console or handheld, and even then, we're not getting a mainline Metroid game this generation period. We're getting this weird, funky offshoot thing, and that's it. And that's so bizarre to me because you know the last time this happened was the '64. You know, we at least snuck one out on the Wii, and then we no, we did two on the Wii, and then we got the compilation. You know, we had two on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. I'm not even asking you guys for two; just give me one mainline. I don't care if it's a 2D side scroll, you know, actually that would make me really fucking happy on the 3DS. Please do get on that. I want a 2D side scroll on the 3DS that's got some nice sweet depth to it, you know, and ah, <laughs> I, I would really love, I'm sorry, anybody that's ever played Super Metroid, go to the scene in fucking Meridia where you power bomb the glass tube and tell me that that should not be in 3D. You can literally see the layers. The work is already done. Just pull it apart. Make Preach. Preach. Yes. No. That's, that's a game <laughs> that needs to fucking be in 3D. I would pay. Like, there needs to, I know they're doing the Super Nintendo stuff on Virtual Console now. But I've been saying since the 3DS came out, I would pay 30 to $40 a pop for a 3D rendered you know, line of Super Nintendo games like what they did with um, the the NES stuff back on the GBA. You know, when they had the Game Boy, or the the NES Classics line that came out in the nice, you know, Nintendo inspired Game Boy Advance packaging yes. that looked cool. Shit, do that on the 3DS with Super Nintendo stuff, but that's not going to happen anymore because now we have Virtual Console on new 3DS, and that killed the dream. But honestly, I would be paying, you know. 30 to $40 a pop for an old Super Nintendo game, you know, the stuff that was at the time 2.5D, where there was layers already done, you just had to apply depth to it, and I'm making, I'm gesticulating way too much, and you people can't see it, which is probably not a bad thing, because I'm a fuzzy fucking man-beast, but in any case, you know, these are things that you literally could see the layers and go, that's the furthest back, that's the second furthest back, that's the third furthest back, this is the, the main, and then there's one in front of me, you know, shit like that. Oh my god, as a matter of a perfect example, it's the same generation. Go play the 3D version of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 that's on the 3DS. Yeah. Why were you not doing that with your own games, Nintendo? Sorry. Again, that's my tirade. I'm I'm done again. I'll shut the hell up. No, you can't shut up because right now we're on our final section. And here's the pitch, our new segment. And we're going to give it uh, the mics over back to Larry.
Um, Larry, uh, what pitch do you have? So here's the pitch is this brainchild of mine because I've had uh, – I really wish our Connexican was here because, you know, he's he's the person that's actually fucking making games. It's the person I need to be talking to. Damn it, Adrian. Stop <laughs> chugging maple syrup and get on. But in any case um, – so I, I wanted to take this opportunity to start this segment. Here's the pitch. And, you know, I, I myself am going to throw it out. And I'm, I'm sure that if, you know, Eddie and Adrian, if he ever shows the hell up again, will, you know, have some other sort of game pitches to throw out. But here's my weird little fucking fever dream game pitch. Um, I am a huge, this throws back to a, a deep 16-bit love of Vector Man. Um but it, 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 it's going to sound totally stupid. It came to me in a dream. It's called Bushwhacked. And it's about a shrubbery, an anthropomorphized fucking shrubbery. He is the hero. And he gets his power-ups by running into floating little garden shears. I, I'm talking full-on 2D side-scroll platformer awesome like Vector Man, you know, but he gets to the garden shears, and the garden shears fly around him, and when they're done, he suddenly comes out, you know, a shrubbery shaped like a different thing, and whatever thing he's shaped like is the power that he imbues to help him through this part of the stage, and he's trying to be whacked by the the gardening crew for the, the grounds here, the groundskeepers, and they're all a ridiculous fucking spoof of Italian mobsters, <laughs> so they're trying to whack him. So you have bushwhacked! This is my ridiculous idea. It literally came to me in a dream, and I I, I so want to see a, a, a groundskeeper with that thick, ridiculous Italian mafia accent. No, I, I want him whacked. I want him whacked tonight. I want him whacked. I want his family whacked. Somebody better whack this motherfucker. So it, it, it needs to have that, that feel. I, I want to see groundskeepers sitting in an Italian restaurant in a corner booth in a cutscene somewhere. This is part of the setup, and they've got it out for this little anthropomorphized fucking shrub. <laughs> but it has to be called bushwhacked. And, there he and, the shrub is, and the shrub is fucking Australian. And everybody, <laughs> that was the pitch. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I promise you, I actually have some other really well thought out cool shit that I will bring to Here's the Pitch. Um, I, I've told them before, I have a, a very well thought out what should be the Amiibo game for the Wii U that has not fucking happened yet. I have it in my head. It's really fucking cool. I will bring it up. If nobody has anything, I will talk about it next week. Um, and then remind, uh, refresh me if I'm not mistaken, not next week. But the week after is going to be our, our first of uh, uh, hopefully many to come themed episodes. We're talking about futuristic racers. Um, so we're, we're picking a topic and we're running with it for the whole fucking episode. Um, but yeah, futuristic racers. I will leave a, a post up on the Facebook page. You know, uh, share your memories, your thoughts, uh, hopes and dreams for a, a what is becoming a long lost genre that makes me tragically sad, but you know, things like, uh, the, the big ones obviously are F zero and Wipeout, but there are some others in there that I will save for that show, but just to kind of get the ball rolling. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something to look forward to in a couple of weeks. 
you know, we would love to hear some of your, your fond memories of these things. Um, so, you know, leave some comments on or questions, anything of the like, you know, on that post. And we will get to them on the air when we do that episode. And it is two weeks, right? Yes. Within two weeks. Okay. Okay. I haven't lost my nut then. Cool. But yeah, so that's a thing that's coming too uh, in the future. Look, we actually did plan a thing. We just planned it further out than this episode. So, so, and you guys could email your thoughts, um, comments at world one one podcast at gmail dot com. That's w o r l d one one podcast at gmail dot com. Um, if you guys have a pitch, you can email us that. Um, the uh, the um. The Smash Arcade question is still available, so I can't wait to get some responses for that to hear what you guys think. Uh, 36 characters. Put that on a post on the Facebook page, damn it. And, yes. Oh, the Facebook page is World 101 Podcast. Um, just search for that and uh, send a request. And hopefully we be able to accept you and you're good to go and you talk games with us. Um, you can hear this show on SoundCloud. Um, iTunes, Google Play, uh, along with my other podcast, Optional Opinion, um, which will be uh, coming uh, soon, talking about E3 games. Uh, actually, today, um, when you guys listen to, to it, uh, you guys going to hear my E3 predictions and games that were uh, that's, haven't been announced, but kind of, you know, being rumored and what we think of what the show is going to be like. And then next week, uh, for optional opinion, I'm going to be, uh, doing a lot of podcasts, uh, doing some reactions on the announcements and the conferences that goes on throughout that week. So do please tune in to that. Um, our fellow Adrian Nieto wasn't able to make it, but hopefully he can next time. Uh, cause he went to a convention and I would love to hear how that Fucking all maple chugger. <laughs> But with that, everybody have a great day. Have a great weekend. Um, have a great week. If you don't uh, listen to this on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, if you miss, I completely missed the weekend. Um, and and, and because Eddie forgot, um, I, I'm actually in a, a new place again, or back in an old place. Um, you know, I am out there on Facebook. Larry is always right, giver. Um, I'm also now back on Xbox Live. I'm not playing multiplayer or anything, but hit me up. You'll find me there. Megatron 0016. Um, yes, it's an old gamer tag, but it's still there. Get over it. Um, but I, I do exist on Xbox Live again. I actually, I'm there. Um, so, and maybe if I, I find the right person and the, the right game combination, I will have an inkling to pay for Xbox Live to play online with people. Things like Castle Crashers make me happy, people. I will still go back and play that shit. That and oddly, uh, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. I'll I'll get down on that shit again too. Yeah, and but. you can um, follow me on Twitter at that retrocode, retro t h a t r e t r o c o d e, uh, where I talk games, uh, sarcastic stuff, and other weird things, uh, food, and you know, weird random quotes that other people people say. Um, I talked about how I'm two piece. I'm a I'm two piece in the biscuits uh, biscuit away from doing the dance that the salesman does from Secret of Mana because uh, the music started playing in my mind. I'm just like I just want to twirl like him. Um, also, Odin Sphere came out. Uh, it was a remake. For oh, that's right. That came out and yes, 
Uh, and the last thing I want to say before we go, there's a game called I Am Set Sooner. Please check out the uh, trailer. Listen to the music. It's by uh, Square Enix. It's supposed to be, I think, out in August. Um, beautiful game. Beautiful. Music is phenomenal. Uh, so do check that out. Um, anything else, Larry? Uh, yeah. You see that bush? I want that fucking bush whacked. I want the bush whacked. I want his whole fucking family whacked. I want his fucking friends whacked. I want them all fucking whacked. Bush whacked. <laughs> and with that, everybody, we are out. Bye. Peace.